check. Put some respect on my check. I pay me in equity. Pay me in equity. Watch me reverse out of dicks. He got a bad bitch, bad bitch. We live in lavish, lavish. I get expensive fabrics. I got expensive habits. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to just another motivational podcast. Today we have Shy, and he's from Mo Supply. Could you supply the the mold? The mold. (laughs) And we have Tiff from Belargo, PRJ. Hey, guys. <laughs> OG in the house. I don't want to call you OG. I want to make you feel old, but That's okay. you are a veteran, so we just have to put that out there. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we're going to get right into it. We start every week with our minute of motivation. First, I want to say rest in peace to Pop Smoke. I was a day one fan, and he's going to be my minute of motivation. He was only 20 years old, and he was just working. He, he had a lot going on. He had sold-out shows. He actually had a sold-out show in Philly for next month, and... He just lost his life over some senseless nonsense, but he was out here working and he was like real down to earth. I watched all his interviews and he was just like a funny guy and it's just a sad situation, but he's motivation for all the young people out here that's willing to work and want to put the work in. Look at him because he at was 20, doing it right. at 20. Yeah, he had it. He had it down pat. What about you with Sherman? Sure this past weekend, I went to an event that Breckfully had. It was called What Do You Do? And they had a panel of, like, three people. But I knew two of them, Devin Milan and Chill Moody. And I was just motivated by their stories because both of them, they're, like, entrepreneurs that do multiple things. So they were, like, you know, multifaceted. And it's, that's something I want to do. Like, I was telling you all I wanted to get into stuff outside of my clothing line. So it was, like, to see that they were able to branch off to other things outside of, you know, Devin is a stylist, Chill He's a rapper, but now he's doing a lifestyle brand. She does, like, event curation, and it's just, like, it's possible to do more than one thing and still maintain, a, like, a brand image for however you want it to be. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what motivated y'all this week um, or in life, period? I'll say this. Well, I'm going to say today because today Kobe Bryant, of course, that was on TV. That's been heavy on my mind. I'm not going to sit here and be like I was a huge like Kobe Bryant. Kevin Garnett is my favorite. I am a huge basketball fan. Kevin Garnett is my favorite player. But just having a look back on Kobe's, I think when you just see somebody and they're currently here, you don't really realize the impact. Mm-hmm. that they've had and today a lot of the different news stations television was doing kind of like a look back of his life and just to see how hard he really worked and the whole mamba mentality that, yeah. that i would say is like super motivation he was dedicated beyond belief i mean he was an amazing player and i've always known that but just like his level of dedication is amazing so that's my motivation mm-hmm. i can agree week. I'm going to say uh, Philly, you know, everybody here in Philly, I just feel as though, you know, whenever I go outside the city, I always feel like Philadelphia holds a presence in any That's and true. every major state yeah. in the United States. So like Philly, like. You know who from Philly. When you yeah. see him, you know. Yeah. And we do be carrying And we it. definitely like everywhere. Yeah. Carry it to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, big Philly. <laughs> All right, so the debates for today is would you rather have it and lose it or never have it at all? <laughs> have it and lose it. Have it and have lose it. it. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, okay. sure. All right, well, we all agree. So no debate there. I mean, well, somebody has to like, to why would you rather have it and lose it? Just the experience yeah. of 
I don't think you really actually have had it until you know what it's like to lose it. That's the one thing I'm going to say. That's, that's yeah. good. That's yeah. deep. And to know how to recover. Because life is great when you're winning. But if you don't know what loss feels like and know how to recover from a loss, you don't truly know if you can, what a win is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That was well said. Well said. <laughs> We don't even have to say anything else. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> All right, we're going to get right into our GM conversation. What do y'all want people to know about y'all? I'm a drug dealer. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> you want people to know that if you were a drug dealer? Yeah. You wouldn't want people to know that. No, I am a drug dealer. But why would you want people to know that? Because I sell a different type of drug. Which is clothes. Yeah. I can agree because I'm addicted. Clothes is definitely a drug. Uh-huh. I can agree. I would want people to know that. I like that. Yeah. That's different. Probably that I am funny. Because I get a lot of time from people, Shahid tells me, that like Shahid will be like, oh, somebody asked me something. I'm like, well, why they, don't ask, why they didn't ask me? He was like, people don't really like to approach you. So I guess I come off as unapproachable. So I would like people to know that I am super down to earth. Yeah, Hilarious at times. <laughs> I have a great sense of humor. I think once people listen to you today on the podcast, they'll <laughs> they'll have a different viewpoint because you are pretty like reserved. I'll say I am. I, I can be. Yeah, I can be. I'm an introvert by nature, but I'm approachable. But maybe I come off as unapproachable. Right. But if you get to know me, like I'm one of the coolest people ever. Same. Yeah. True. I can agree. Tiff, do you have a personal mantra that you live by? I have a few, actually. The main one I would say recently is, was meant for you will never miss you. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Tiff knows why. What is this? <laughs> this shit happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's a good one, that's too. That's what I'm going to say, and that's good, too. <laughs> like, I live by that. <laughs> good or bad. just not affected. Like, I'll be about to flip the lid, and Shahid just always, this is him. In any situation, he just always just, <laughs> like, whatever. How can you be like that? Like, patience. I have so much anxiety. It's like too. a lot of patience. It's a lot of guys that's like that, though. Girls, we like, we think too much. Guys, I think so. Yeah, they just be sure. like, whatever. It's that, and just when you just grow up in certain circumstances, mm-hmm. I think you just learn not to panic at all. Right, like, true. Yeah. If you panic, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, probably. <laughs> For real. Well, that's like, my day. Let's not do that. <laughs> Bria, do you have one? I would probably say mine is it is what it is. Like you can't control what's going to happen. Yeah, y'all twos are like kind of the same. Yeah, mine is give everything but up. That's always been my. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I like that too. That should be on the shirt. (laughs) (laughs) All right, do my next (laughs) tip. What made you want to start a brand, and how did you get yourself out there? Inst- well, you was out during Instagram, but it was like... I started, inst- though, pre-social media. Yeah, I was pre-social media. When I first started, it was oof, at the beginning of MySpace, because we'll be 17, um, March wow. 10th. Yeah. So, the ironic, to make a long story short, I always tell people, this wasn't intentional. I actually was trying to open a shoe boutique, believe it or not. I met my original partner, Celine, at the backstage of a Little Kim concert. We didn't know each other at all. He's like an ultimate Lil' Kim fan. She picked about six people to go backstage. 
with her. It wasn't even a concert. It was back in the day, the radio station used to do like a behind the beat where mm-hmm. the people do their listening session. It was for, I forgot what album she had. Me and her actually had on the same pair of shoes, so that's how I got picked <laughs> to go next day. And Celine had this huge little Kim collage poster thing. So his energy just was good. And I'm like, he'll be perfect as me and my best friend at the time. And I'm like, he'll be perfect to work at my shoe boutique. Mind you, this is a shoe boutique that I have no plan. I don't know when it's opening, how I'm opening, but in my head, I'm thinking I'll open a shoe boutique. So we exchanged numbers and we talked the next day and our very first conversation was a six hour conversation straight about just fashion. And at the end of the conversation, I don't know how it shifted from a shoe boutique to a clothing line. And when we originally started, we were women's. Like we were doing like ready to wear, all kinds of stuff. Swimsuits, gowns, coats. It was not what Belargo is. Mm-hmm. I'll say probably in our first month of having whatever we had at the moment, because I wouldn't even say it was a clothing line then. A friend of his worked for the Daily News. He asked us to be in a fashion show. Celine nor I know how to sew. Celine had a friend that he went to um, high school with. She knew how to sew. And I'm a big person of if you get an opportunity, even if you're not ready, don't turn it down because you might not get it again. So mm-hmm. you just got to get ready. So we took on the challenge to do the fashion show. This girl, we whipped up some stuff. I will be honest. Our first set of stuff was horrible looking back. <laughs> we did the fashion show. And then after that, we just kept getting asked to do these shows. And I thought the clothes sucked. But at the time, Balarka was more of like a movement. We were just known for having like pretty girls, a whole lot of people. And somewhere in probably like our first three years that shifted. Shout out to Gilly the Kid. He's a great friend of mine. And we were asked to do a show and they wanted me to get Gil to be on our set. And I'm like, well, we make girls clothes. Well, we put Gil in and Salim was like, let's do something quick, like a T-shirt. So I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to put on a T-shirt? And Salim honestly said he was watching Dynasty and a commercial came on, a Bugle Boy commercial. That's how he came up with the Belargo Boy. He told that to our graphic designer at the time. She created that box, Gil wore it, and the rest is history, history from that point. But that's honestly how it got to this point. That's crazy. By accident. <laughs> None of this was planned. But what you said, was meant for you? It's meant for you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because if someone would have told me 17 years later, like, I still would be doing this. Back then, I couldn't have seen this. Yeah, you had the city on lock. At one point, it's all I saw. <laughs> Belargo, 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 Belargo boy, Belargo girl. <laughs> So would you say it was like networking that got you your clout before social media or like? I do a lot of branding workshops and things now. And I would say back then, I didn't know what branding was, but I was doing it inadvertently. The same thing like influencers before the whole influencers Mm -hmm. hit. I just knew that back then before we had social media, you had Nightlife Link. They Mm -hmm. would come at the parties and that was your goal. Whoever was on Nightlife after the party on Monday morning, Mm -hmm. you scroll through Nightlife Link. If you made the picture, that was the popping people. So I knew my goal was I want to get it on the guys that was getting it in Nightlife Link. I know a lot of people in the city just in general. And I remember like when I first started seeing it, that was an item people would be interested in. That's when we shifted the brand from women's. And I was like, all right, Celine, I feel like we should go this way because Salim is 100% creative. I'm creative, but I'm also business. So I saw that where the money was. And we decided to start doing the shirts. So I remember initially it was like guys I knew and it was 
all right, I need you to do me a favor, put this on. And it was like resistance, like, damn, Tiff, I had something else to wear. All right, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> but then it became like these same guys I had to like finesse and ask for favors. That's all they was wearing. They was hitting my phone like, Tiff, can I buy, I need to buy shirts. Where you at? And I literally did out of the trunk of my car for probably six years straight with wow. a full-time job. So it was sometimes I get off of work at five o'clock. I'm in every part of the city, sometimes at two o'clock in the morning. It took a while before I even felt comfortable to quit my job and for this to be, like, something that I saw it could be a full-time thing. I knew what guys I needed in it, and that's how I approached it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Since you was the first popping brand in Philly, did you feel like you paved the way for other streetwear brands in Philly? Well, first, I'm going to give credit to Maskeen. That was our first big brand out of Philly, and they have been a great, great mentors of mine along the way. That was the first brand that I ever seen, honestly, like on entertainers that really went like global. global. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like still today, somebody owns yeah. Maskeen, not them, but somebody owns it. It's, they still sell it, Maskeen. One of my today. high school teachers was part of Maskeen, uh, Brother Kenya. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my middle school teacher. Yeah, King is a good guy. So they were the first, and I feel like after them, I will say that we were the next kind of largest brand, but I don't like to get into this that I paved the way. I'll say I definitely feel like I opened doors that were not available because okay, prior to queen. us. I was about to say, she want to be humble, that's okay. That's paving the way, but. <laughs> uh, prior prior to us, I know there wasn't a lot of wholesale opportunities in the city. Not at all. I feel like after Belargo, there was other brands. It was still Belargo. was Donation. Donation. Taki, that now paints Taki, had a brand back then. And I feel like after that wave, that was, like, we kind of started when it was first becoming okay to wear independent designers. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like after Belargo, it just, the door opened. Now you barely see, like, everybody in, in Philly is okay with rocking an independent mm-hmm. brand before People felt like they had to be in high-priced mm-hmm. designers to feel dressed. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, my homie got a brand, this little brand, but you ain't really feel like you was fresh in it. I feel like after our wave, that became yeah. the norm for everybody. And then I felt like it became, now you see that being the wave outside of even Philadelphia. Like, other cities have independent mm-hmm. designers, and, like, the cities is embracing the designers because before, again— People felt like they had to be in Louis, Gucci, mm-hmm. th- that kind of stuff to feel like they were dressed. So I guess in that sense, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give these new brands? One note of business first. I say it's about 15 to 10% creative. That business side for longevity, you really, really have to know the business. Make sure your paperwork is straight, meaning you're incorporated or you trademarked. Have a business plan. Have a financial advisor. Because the waves hit and you need to know how to manage that money because mm-hmm. it'll come, come but it can go. Mm-hmm. And Philly, for one, is a very finicky city. Philly has been known to be, and I love my city. I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way <laughs> um, because my city put me here. But Philly goes in and out of who they feel is popular at they the time. Waves. They definitely ride waves. So you'll have your wave, but can you last after that? So even about like financial literacy and financial management, that's important. The other advice I would say is in this social media area, don't let the internet rush you. Again, I came out pre-social media. So when social media really hit, 
it was hard at first for me to even navigate through that water because that wasn't something I was mm-hmm. used to. Now I feel like so many people have the pressure to show that they're doing something, that they spend so much time trying to prove that they're doing yeah. something that you're really not getting shit done. Don't let the internet rush you. Stay true to yourself. Do what feels good to you. And this is something you got to love with any kind of business. Again, social media sometimes makes it look glamorous and make it look like it's overnight success mm-hmm. stories. And it's a lot of hard days. It's a lot of... I don't like to ever say failures because I feel like in any in any loss is a lesson, but you're going to take some L's. That's a part of business in general. So just really make sure you're doing something you love. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> well, Sha, with you having your own brand, I know you're also a designer for Belargo. Do you ever feel like that's a conflict of interest? No, because I design for like not just Tiff, but other designers in the city also. Well, where's my piece? I mean, you know, we could make something. Yeah, <laughs> I never put did it that. I mean, either. I, I was like, I didn't want to ask because I'm yeah, like, I, I thought that for, was like. <laughs> I designed for uh, Modish. Mm. I designed for Mabel Marie before, like one or two items, I believe. Other up and coming brands that just like people that just wanted to start brands. Something you said was so important too, Tiff. It yeah. was like, um, I think a lot of brand owners be trying to hide the fact that they have like designers or like other creative minds working on their brand as well. Like they be trying to take all the credit and it's like, first of all, these big fashion houses have designers as well. So it's like, yeah. give credit. Where's the, well, one, I tell people, Shahid is a, a designer. Designer, he went to actual art institute. He knows how to sell. He knows how. I'm not a designer. I own a brand. Exactly. So two different things. It's two different yeah, things. Different. I am definitely sometimes too creatively involved. I have a, a well vision of what I want my product to look right. like, um, but I'm not a designer. I don't know why brand owners yeah. is embarrassed to say that. Look at Diddy. Do you think Diddy was designing Sean John, right. Ralph Lauren? Me personally. Designs every those, piece? No. With those people that I designed for, it wasn't like a thing. Like, they didn't want nobody to know. We not saying not, about not them. them specifically. I was yeah. just saying in, in general. general. Yeah. Well, and I then like on the flip side, a lot of people, Shahid gets asked a lot, like, why design for why design for them? Just design for your own brand. Yeah. Why can't I have multiple brands? That's... No, you know why I design for other people, though? When I first was doing stuff for my homie-ish, he was the first person I ever made anything for, and he had a brand called uh, Life's Grind. And when I first designed for him and it, like, hit, it was like a hood type thing. Like, mm-hmm. everybody in the hood was wearing it, but nobody knew who designed it. It actually made me feel like 10 times better that nobody, that nobody knew because I could honestly say people liked it because right. what it was. Uh, what it was. And not That's because true. you did it. Not because and they what know I you. Yeah. True. So that was like a crazy feeling. <laughs> like, I, I like that. Even with designing with Tiff, it's people that see Tiff line. When I did the, uh, this shit will keep you warm mm-hmm. scarf, people go crazy it. over that. It's like an amazing feeling. Like she said, you got to do it for the love, then the money will come after it. Not to say you're feeling, but I feel like that is similar to like a songwriter that sings. Like sometimes you'll get a melody and the song is not the song for you, you, but you can see this song for somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel like what he designs for Mo is completely different from Belargo. I'm super supportive, though, of what he designs for his own brand. I wear his brand. Not just because it's his brand. Like, if I like it, I wear it. That's with anybody. You know why why I started designing for (laughs) Belargo? Because he didn't like it. 
See, people get offended. I have I have super thick skin, but he came to us and was like, he felt like the line was bullshit. He thought he could do a better job. Were y'all cool before? No, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the story on how I got in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so I was with Tay at the time, right? And we Modish. had a, yeah. I was with Modish, and we had a pop up shop down the street at Blink Optical. So while we have in the middle of the pop-up shop, I look at Tay and I tap him. I'm like, yo, you good in here? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm about to go down the street to Belargo. He's like, what are you going down there for? I'm like, you know, just to see what they got and everything like that. I probably talked to him, see what's going on over there. Because I'm like, why is everybody so fixated over this bullshit? At the time, that's how I felt, you know. When was this? This was... When, South Street? Yeah, y'all was on South Street at the net. So yeah, this was, was like, like at the height of Belargo. Like, they was really like... Motherfuckers was really going in there getting Belargo boy shirts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. That's what they was doing. But I walked down the street, and Celine was in there with P&B Rock. This before Rock was like a big artist, mm-hmm. you know? And they was doing, I guess, like a style set meeting or something. I don't know. I was walking around the store or whatever the case may be. And Salim looked at me and was like, you need help? And I'm like, uh, no, but I wanted to talk to you. And he was like, uh, what's going on? I was like, uh, y'all need me in here. <laughs> and he was like, what you mean? Like, I'm lost. And I'm like, uh, y'all need me as a designer. He was like, why you think that? I was like, because y'all, this is not it. <laughs> and then, like, how you just laugh? Rock laughed. And <laughs> he was like, no, like, shy, shy, tough. Like, he really designed. But what made it better was... Three minutes after Rock saying that Lil Uzi walk up the steps. And this said Lil Uzi hype, like mm-hmm. when he yeah, first get team, in. Yeah. You dig me? Uzi seen me and he, we go way back. So he know like the stuff that I did. And at the time I had like designed this shirt called It Ain't Ralph though. So Uzi was like, yo, I need that John. And Salim seen that and was like, oh, he, he probably do got something. Let me, right. Give me five minutes, I'm going to deal with you. Then after that, he was like, yeah, I'm going to tell Tiff, you know, talk it over with my partner. I hit you back. But the flip side of that, Tiff Godson, Jid, was like one of my homies from Ran Away. So he was already telling his godmom about me. But at the time, Jid was like 12, 13. So mm-hmm. Tiff was looking at it like, I'm not taking <laughs> no right. information. I'm somebody his age. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not about to let no kid design for my brand and we <laughs> moving. Like, so when Tiff showed Celine the designs, I mean, when Salim showed Tiff the designs, she was already familiar with him because she's seen like one or two pieces or whatever. So when I came in a meeting, you know, Tiff was like, yeah, call him up for a meeting. I came up there and I'm in a meeting. They was in a meeting with Meskeen about floor sets and designs for the store. And as I'm waiting in the meeting, you know, it's customers in there, but it's only Salim and Tiff in the store. So I started helping all the customers in the store. And I made like a like a fourteen hundred dollar sell. Yeah. Oh wow. But I didn't work in the store. <laughs> so, so the first thing I said is, I don't know about designing, but you want a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know they gave me a job. I was like, you know what? I take the job. It was crazy because like not to say it like that. Like I didn't need the job, but I still wanted to prove my point in design mm-hmm. for Belargo. So. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work at Belargo. Then I, I leave the meeting <laughs> and I call Tay. I'm like, yo, Tay, look, I work at Belargo <laughs> And he was like, bro, like, why do you want to work there? Like, I'm like, why? Like, we about to really be on some shit for real, for real. Like, we just had, at the time, Fab just put on one of the sweatsuits that Tay made. Mm-hmm. And then we went up to New York and French Montana. Zoe Dollars was popping at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they was trying to cop stuff off of us. 
in the car ride home from New York, he like, you still want to go to Malacca? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, look, man, look. I'm just going to work there so I can get some money for school, some extra money. I'm in college. I could use it. And he like, all right, cool. But that's how, like, everything worked out. So why did you think her stuff was bullshit? All right, because at the time, everybody was, like, doing screen print and vinyl cuts and stuff like that. But, you know, I knew graphics to, like, a certain extent. So I had what was the new wave of printing with the new technology was direct garment. So I was doing direct garment where nobody had this machine. You dig me? And it just so happened one of my friends, Gary, he had the machine in his house. It's like the only person in Philadelphia, only person in the next like five or 10 states over that had a direct garment machine. So I was like, you know, I could get in there, offer him this technology right. and we could boom from there. And it's a good thing for everybody. But then like my graphics was just like amazing. That's a good story. And I, I mean, I'll be honest, I think when Shy came to the team, again, as I stated, this whole thing started by accident. So a lot of Belargo, once it hit, a lot of design effort that was put into it, right. it the box worked. Mm-hmm. And even at times, even so today, like in the store, if it was honestly one thing I could take away from the brand, that would be it. I can't even take it away because people, 17 years later, I don't get it. Me personally. It's a classic for sure. Yeah, it is. This is my own brain and I don't get the hype. So <laughs> prior to him, that's all we were doing. It, it was like, it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it worked. But when Shahid came just being like understanding like technical design, mm-hmm. I think that's when we got more into thought out drops, really having design meetings, okay, doing curated drops. Curated drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before it just was, all right, I know what sneakers is about to come out. Mm-hmm. The drawings come out next week. We're going to drop a These sneaks come out and that's all the thought process was. So I would agree with him to an extent with that. And like a lot of people, Shahid can be super kind. He's one of those people that's going to always state his opinion. And over the years, like he has stated his opinion on other brands and people felt like it was a shot. But for me, I'm like, he worked for me. He came to me and literally told me my line was bullshit. I got tough skin. Right, don't yeah, and he had a solution though. He ain't he just did. come talking like yeah, he wanted right. to help out. Right, he was yeah. added. He wanted to add but value. So that's like the like for instance, takeaway. like I seen we didn't get to like really like do as much as I wanted to because the Belargo boy was working and I seen what the future is today. Like forecasting, fashion forecasting is what it's called. I'm so good at that. I've been able to like literally like tell the future with trends and stuff like that. A true designer. Yeah. This shit will keep you warm. It was like a whole Sherpa. Material. It was like material, a Like a scarf. Like how inside of your jacket mm-hmm. is. But that was in 2016. And you so know that how was popular Sherpa is now? Now, right. He I got like years, six He was two Sherpa years codes. ahead of the, of the curve. So he kept telling me like, try it, try it, try it. And we did it. And I thought the drop was fire. It, it had horrible self-through. Now... People want it. Current day, they like, bring it back. And I, I'm the one of those people collection. like, no, right. we dropped it. Y'all should have quit it. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. like to redo stuff. Mm-hmm. But We had the Sherpa hoodie the first. The hoodie, like, everybody that's just wearing full lambskin, we had that first. Yeah. Before any it. of the big brands. I, I don't even know how he knew that would be that, but. His powers. <laughs> <laughs> that is the superpower. I took a fashion yeah. forecasting class and I, it's I got a C and I'm like a super honorable person. Yeah. So I wasn't happy with that. I don't understand. Like, how am I supposed to know? That is a true gift. Yeah. It's hard, but it's an easy thing. 
Because it's, it's just research and history. That's it. So it's like the future and the past yeah, put together. Yeah, putting it together. It's a gift. Yeah, it gotta be. <laughs> yeah, like my whole thing now with mold is like simplicity and statements. So like now when I say uh, shit happens and I put that on a t-shirt or people are stupid or this shit will keep you warm. And then you look at the item to the future. Now you see like Helmet Lang just coming out with a shirt that say taxi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you see like Off-White just coming out with Woman's. Mm-hmm. This is simplistic things that mm-hmm. a person might don't look at me and be like, damn, he thought it at first. But it's, no, I tell him. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Virgil is one of my favorite designers. Um, I actually had the opportunity a few years ago when we both did a Fort Belargo to participate. Virgil had a streetwear master program that he picked 500 streetwear brands from around the country. So I had the opportunity to participate in this program for, I think it was four months. But Virgil is like one of the designers that I study. His thought process for my It was crazy when I introduced you, I was going to say the next Virgil, but I'm like, no, you're the next Shaheed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> period. Yeah. And fashion now, it's just all repeating itself. Yeah. The thing now in the street where next, I'm telling y'all now, I'm going to give y'all a fashion forecasting, <laughs> vintage thrifting. I, I read, see it. I read that somewhere. I see it. Yeah. I think the released the article saying streetwear is going to go that direction. Yeah. It been in that direction for the search of streetwear. You, you go on eBay and you look for S.Doc Carters. Mm-hmm. You want to start seeing people with classic items. Dang, on. I should have kept my yeah. S-Dots. It's a few sneaks. I was literally just thinking I still like, got my ice creams. Oh, that's ice cream. Is coming yeah. I still got my ice creams. Dang. It's that industry in the world. is like crazy. Right. Then once Shane come back Hood for her by her. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he the GOAT. He Virgil before Virgil. He is. <laughs> Shane is Virgil. Yeah. yeah. That stuff he did for Helmet Lane was like crazy. I'm excited to see it. So how do y'all stay relevant? Tiff, you said you've been in the game for 17 years. I honestly don't know. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I really, yeah, I really don't try. <laughs> I guess, like, for me, that's where that me and Shahid will what clash it now. Uh, you'd rather be a trend or you'd rather be you'd Ralph rather be a trend or you'd rather be Ralph Lauren. <laughs> I don't really focus on staying relevant. I just yeah. focus on trying to stay true to whatever it is at this moment that I want to do. What Amber was speaking about earlier, in 2016, as a lot of people know, I took a break from the brand. I just needed, one, a mental break just for myself as a woman. Two, I feel like a lot of people don't understand the sacrifice that women often put in running a business, being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I have sacrificed relationships. I haven't started a family yet. Right. So I wanted just to take some time, number one, for myself. Two, within that time, I wanted to take some time. Like, I'm more than just Belargo. There's many talents that I have. Yeah, so I wanted to take some time to, like, explore other things. So in, you know, that time off, I started doing brand coaching. Um, I actually started teaching. So I teach in the Newark School District, Brooklyn School District, Harlem School District. District. Um, Wait, a real-life teacher? Real-life teachers, yeah. What subject? So now a lot of the entrepreneurship, (laughs) now a lot of the schools, especially Jersey and New York, are bringing in electives in school. Um, One school that we actually do a program at in Newark, West Side their principal has been viral. He's been... Oprah just gave him like 500000 Been on Ellen. Long story short, it was a child that was being bullied at the school for wearing dirty clothes. He paid for washers and dryers to be installed in the school so kids can come and clean their clothes before school if they didn't have a washer and dryer at home. And like he went viral. But their school 
is a mini that shit is life changing. Yeah, it's like a mini entrepreneur, a business school. And I just was thinking if when I went to school, we had this, they have a Capital One financial they got a hub bank. They got a in, bank, a bank inside awesome. the school. My course that I teach is called Flip 101. I take them through the theory of what you need to become an entrepreneur and the practical side, they apply it to starting a clothing brand. So all the kids that leave my class, they're building an actual school store. Their brands will go in the store. The kids will work at the store. The kids will get paid. Because oh, we're in man. the reality that we're in are now, like... That's amazing. Most yeah. of this generation is not going to college. Yeah. Like, right. a lot of these generations are going to become entrepreneurs. So why not give them the skills in high school to prepare them for that? So, like, this school is just... Yeah. Amazing what they're doing at the school. And, and what just, school is that? Um, uh, Westside High in Newark. So I started that in my time off. I now just recently started a streetwear program with the Mesa Hilton Fashion Academy. So I just been dibbling, dabbling into a lot of other things. In addition to like Belargo is my baby, but I just needed to experience some other things. And one of the main things that I said when I came back because I felt like where, a lot where of the did first you go? years. You well, said you came back. I was on hiatus. She <laughs> took a break. She I just took said. a break. I mean, the brand still was selling. We still had it online, but I did take a break. I, well, me personally, I took a break. So before I fully checked back in, one of the main things that I wanted to be sure of this time is I felt like you are supposed to give your business your all. But I know this time and especially like just where I'm at in life is important to just still maintain some time for myself. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in this new phase that I've incorporated Shahid's mantra of shit happens. Like, <laughs> if something don't feel right for me, I don't care what it is. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. I feel like happiness is a choice and every day you can choose to be happy. So you choose what it is that you want to do. And the minute that something does not feel like it feels like it's disrupting my peace, whether that be Belarga, whether that be a person, whatever it is, I'm just out of here. It's up. Yep. Yeah, that's how I was. <laughs> I was feeling that way like two weeks ago. I just was like, you know what? I don't even want to make clothes no more. 2016, I would feel like that was the, my first time ever because during the whole ride, there's a lot of times the dynamics of us that was always amazing is that people don't realize is not only did we build a business together, but we built a friendship. Like we started business as complete strangers. Mm-hmm. So along the ride of having to build a business together, we got to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And having a partner, that's like a marriage. Mm-hmm. So there's this absolute days that I woke up and I was like, I don't like this nigga. And I know it was days that he was like, she gets on my damn nerves that we couldn't stand each other at points in time. But we still always had a love for the brand. And over the years, however, I felt like a mom with a child. I never had the option to check out. It has been times that people was like, oh, I just need to break this too much and went off to do other things. All the way up until 2016, I never was afforded that luxury. So once I experienced what that felt like, <laughs> that's where I'm at today with it. I'm glad you brought that up, being a woman in business and having to make those sacrifices, because that's yes. actually something I wanted to ask you about, like, as an older woman. So I was watching Mary Jane one time, and they were, like, talking about how, like, the more successful a woman is, like, the less likely she watching is what? to have being Mary, Mary Jane. Jane. Oh, right. And I feel like that's, the like, my kindred experience. <laughs> Yo, I'm like, is that going to be me? <laughs> I'm like, the more successful a woman is, the less likely she is to have love and a family and that whole thing. Do you, you know feel why, though? You know why that is? Why? Because a woman in this day and age, the thought process the internet has placed there, a woman can't build up a man. What? No, for <laughs> real. Yeah, because I don't like, understand that. If you're successful and everything like that, a guy that's less... Oh, he's saying, yeah. I get what he's saying. So he's saying, for instance, like you take Nicki Minaj and her husband. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people is it feels like she downgraded. But I feel like as a woman, when you reach a certain status and you have everything, finances is not what she's looking for well, from she her. Looking for she got her own money. Mm-hmm. It's something else that he provides that she could care less no, if, he, if, if right. he has finances because she knows she's going to be straight. Mm-hmm. But I get what he but says. Everybody the internet look, forces yeah. some people to feel like the pressure of a woman to feel like I got to date either above or on my level and uh, to be honest, like women are out here killing shit right now. So no, sometimes I like it. it's hard I like to it. find that somebody that you're, that you're evenly yoked with. For me, I haven't found that that was the problem. My last relationship was out of state. So it, honestly, we didn't have the time to be able to put in the relationship because, okay, it's either do I stay here and focus on my business mm-hmm. or do I want to take a week off and be in New York with my boyfriend for the week? Mm-hmm. And then if I'm in New York for, with my boyfriend for the week, it feel like when I come back, the store is 50 million problems mm-hmm. or every five seconds, my phone is ringing to the point. He's like, just don't even home. come up, just go home this week. Cause it's too much going on. And then he has his own stuff that he's doing there. So he can't necessarily be in Philly. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a point in time to you choose your relationship or you choose your business. And for me, my business has come before everything. I have always chose my business first. I don't think a lot of people realize that that's a major sacrifice that women are forced to make. But that's why it's so important for me now to just really make sure I take time for myself. And this, while it has to definitely be a huge priority in my life, it can't be the biggest priority in my life. Do you regret putting your brand before you like your love life? Um, no, because again, I feel like what's meant for you is it won't miss you. So, see, when you think about relationships, marriage, love, it's all feelings. In my head, she's getting what she would want out of her love life from her brand. It's loving her back as she's like. Yeah, but it ain't the same. Not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I do love my brand a lot, but it's not, it's not, the, not, same. It's not the same. I tried. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I do know the importance of understanding balance this time around. But what kind of guys do you like? Do you feel like you got to date another entrepreneur or? I, I seem to get. <laughs> I seem the same kind of guys. I don't feel like I have a type. I just have a type that approaches me. It is usually like an entrepreneur entertainer, but I feel like that works for me because they understand my schedule and my lifestyle. lifestyle. Right. Because the average person with an not the knocks on my with a nine to five because I was that person for years, but like my days don't stop at five. five I can't clock out at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Sunday can't be family day for us because Sunday I might still need to open a store. I might we might need a design meeting. Now with me doing other things, like right now, honestly, fifty percent of my week is in New York. I'm not even here. So I need somebody that understands that I need to move around. I also need a man that's super secure, that understands I'm not one of these people that can talk to you on the phone all day. You might call and there might be a couple missed calls, but that don't mean I'm necessarily doing nothing crazy. Have have you ever approached a guy? No. (laughs) Based off your answer, I'm guessing you would never... Um, You're not shooting your, your shots. Uh, do any of y'all shoot? No, your I, I still come from no. the old era. I feel like no. I feel like a woman that's a man's job to pursue. Should be courted. That's not a yes, job. you should be. That's I feel like if I shoot my shot, y'all are hunters by nature, and I feel like you Understandable, don't want somebody. You, you know how you know how we we are hunters. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what y'all want, so you know why. Yeah, not but we go gonna wait for y'all to shoot. wait for you, you to shoot it. Yeah. But what is that's not what you want though. What you mean? What you mean? If we know what we I want, know what I want, <laughs> we just gonna wait. If we know what we want and we know that you like us, we gonna wait for you to you shoot, shoot the shot. Now I'll flirt, right, and throw it out there and let you know it might be a possibility if you shoot your shot that you okay. But that's no. <laughs> but you gonna I'm make not. It. I ain't gonna slide up like yo. What's up? Let me get your number. <laughs> 
sliding on. I ain't sliding in the DM. So a couple of people shot at me before. No, girls do shoot their yeah, shot. They do. They, they <laughs> but I ain't hurt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so what kind yeah. of girls you like? He's a hopeless I, romantic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got like a lot of issues when it comes to women. Yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like... <laughs> to, to be drunk I think I'm too nice I don't get that at all I do. No, like when dealing with a person You dig me? I get that I'm an asshole, don't get me wrong But like, I can be that guy that you really need or And you want And then when you get it It's just like, oh no It's too good to be true type thing Okay, Yeah. alright, I can see that And women, that's the dumb part of us sometimes <laughs> We don't like too nice We don't like yeah, too nice Yeah, y'all don't I hate and, it. Yeah, you don't like too messed up either. We don't. We don't Why like too nice when we like, like a, I don't know. You know like, it's like I don't a want balance. to be that way, but like, it is. You know, I try being like really nice and then I try to be like an asshole that, that y'all want to, but I can't find that middle part because, you know. Shahid is the person that they'll be like three days in and Shahid is like, I want a girlfriend. <laughs> and you'll be like, what happened to the girl? She, yeah. she wasn't that. Nah. <laughs> Wow. She was nice though, and I think I love too fast too, cause I see beauty in like everything. Mm -hmm. No real shit. I really see beauty in like everything, and it'd be like the simplest things that you know a female would do, and I see that, and I just be like, yeah, that's so fucking decent. That's why I like her. <laughs> that could be good. Yeah, but it could be bad too, because be I bad. get too attached to that, mm -hmm. and then they like, so why you like me for that? Yeah, but women is like crazy, y'all. Y'all a lot. I agree. Yeah. I ain't denying it at all. <laughs> at this moment, feel like I'm just gonna be like single for like 20 more years. Oh boy, you're still young. You have time. Uh, I'm I'm up there. I... So if you're up there, do you think I am ancient? <laughs> <laughs> See now you never compare and contrast situation. Okay, so there's two type of friends in this world: the friend that's gonna be blunt with you, and the friend that's gonna tell you what it is. A friend that agrees with everything you do. What kind of friends do you have? What are the pros and cons of each? Ooh. I Clearly have a, you got Shahid around. I have a combination of both. You think he tells you what it is or is, is he like... Oh, the kind of friends that work with each other? No, just period. Oh, period. No, Shahid's definitely the blunt. The Shahid, blunt is, Shahid has no filter. <laughs> so he's definitely going to speak his mind. Whether you like it or not like it. That's the kind of friends I prefer. I don't like the yes men. If I'm wrong, call me out on being wrong. I feel like that is the kind of friend I am, but to an extent. So I'm not a yes person, but I'm one of those people that if you ask me something, I'm going to ask you first. Okay, do you want my honest advice? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to give it to you unfiltered. So once you tell me yes, then we have but no you wait for them to But I will you. wait for you to ask me. I'm not one of those people that just jump in my friend's business and say, hey, I feel like mm -hmm. da 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 But I'm also not the friend that's just going to sit around and agree and you want, you doing some BS. I'm yeah. not their friend. I agree. But what inspired you, Amber, for your brand? Honestly, I'm like you a little bit. Like, I wasn't supposed to do this. I went to fashion school, but I wanted to be a buyer. Like, I wanted to work in the business part of the fashion industry. And then, like, my high school sweetheart at the time, he was going to go to the NBA. He like, well, you should open a store. I'm going to pay for everything. Like, show up at a boutique. Then he passed away. And then, you know, that whole thing, like, oh, I got to, like, live up to everything you thought I was going to be. So it started as an online boutique. Okay. And, uh, again, just like you, once I put my name on something, then those start selling off the wall. I'm like, oh. I thought it was corny. Like, I'm not, I don't want to print my name on a t-shirt. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I hate But that was, that was selling better than the, the boutique stuff I was doing. So, 
I kind of like started gearing to more towards streetwear. I'm still trying to get away from just printing my name on stuff. Like that's why I did the jumpsuit. I did the button up. So it kind of evolved and I found my purpose through just starting it. I didn't always want to start a brand. Okay. I got a question. How do y'all feel about people saying there's nothing here in Philly? Like they just, there's nothing here. How they say I hated it here. (laughs) And everybody want to move to a different city for the better. Honestly, I feel like people want to move to a different city to feel like they're doing more than what they really are doing. If they move to a different city, Philly people can't really see what they're doing for that part. But for the part that people, uh, they say they hate it here. I just feel like maybe because all of the violence and stuff that goes on. So people be like, they want to get out. They want to get out of the city and better themselves. So they don't got to worry about their family and raising their kids in a bad environment or stuff like that. I don't feel like it don't got nothing to do with the actual city. Like, they hate the city. They just hate the stuff that goes on in the city. I feel both ways about it. I feel like it's true, but it's not. Being as I lived in another city, I do think it is other opportunities in other cities that you probably wouldn't get in Philly. Like, there's no way I'm styling a client for the BET Awards and the Grammys in Philly because these people don't know me. So it's like, it depends on what you want to do. There's certain rooms you can get in outside of Philly that you wouldn't necessarily get in in Philly. However, Philly got a lot of talent. If we could, we could make our own award show for real, for real, and yeah, like start getting and all the celebrities pass through here first. For like, sure, if you look they at love all Philly. the tour and they dates all love for Philly. your favorite rappers and singers. Like so, Philly we is could like the first, make it. Yeah. We could be right neck and neck with New York. Like we could be lit. We got to make it that way instead of keep complaining. Like oh, there's nothing here. Right. We here. We here. <laughs> so let's let's get it popping. That's how I feel. You know, I just want to live on the 42nd floor downtown somewhere and kind of bring my city up to where I'm living. Period. No. And not talk down on your city. Nah. Right. Yeah. I want everybody to be pissing out the window on the other cities. (laughs) No. All right. Well, before we go, can y'all drop a gem for our listeners? One thing you want to leave them with? (laughs) On the last, on the last. My goodest. Best. My best. My goodest. I'm the mom. No, my best uh, quote comes from uh, Shakur, which is my friend's grandfather. He's incarcerated right now. He's been incarcerated for about like 32 years. And on a phone call, he told me, you know, you only as good as your research. So if you're not researching anything, you're not good as anything. Knowledge is power. Yes, it is. You kind of stole my soul. That's going to be porn. Back to just happiness is a choice. You wake up every day with an intention and be happy on purpose. Mm -hmm. Makes all the sense. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all for joining us. Thank you guys for having us. Make sure y'all follow us and subscribe to us on all major platforms. Leave some good ratings and then you can follow these guys at I'm Miss Belargo, M-S-B-E-L-L-A-R-G-O. And then all of my other pages are in my bio. I'm Shy Diddy, underscored on Instagram, and uh, Mold Supply. Mold Supply, because you supplied the mold. mold. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is sponsored by The Finch Boutique. The Finch Boutique was created by Brianna Finch to merge fashion and diversity into a powerhouse. She curates looks for the everyday guy and girl who wants to add a little edge to their look. She's influenced by high-end streetwear and some of the greats in the industry. To keep up with The Finch Boutique, follow them on Instagram at The Finch Boutique or check them out online at thefinchboutique.com.